gray sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't be wrong. All right, everyone. This is Dan, your host of Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2, or Episode 10, if I can get confusing on you. Uh, we are talking about Episodes 3 and 4 of the second season of Happy Days. Who's Sorry Now? Directed by Jerry Paris, written by Michael Leeson, from September 24th, 1974. And You Go to My Head. Directed by Jerry London, written by Phil Mishkin, October 1st, 1974. Uh, before we hop right in, I will say that the start of the credits, they change it up slightly. You know, they have the clips. They always show the clips. And at the start of this episode, let me just um, uh, get the clips cued here. After they show everybody, uh, we get to see there is a shot from, I believe it is the Deadly Dares with the, uh, what is it, the uh, the Demons with Bag Zombrowski there, where they... Uh, uh, where Richie and Potsy put on ski masks and go down the hall on roller skates and, and pull a teacher's uh, to pay off. And then there is a scene from uh, the episode, I believe it is, uh, what is it, Knock Around the Block, where they try to, uh, Potsy's, the bike is stolen and they're in the pool hall and, and Fonzie uh, kicks, punches, whatever, the uh, Coca-Cola machine and, and, and you know Coke comes out. Then there's the uh, the Lemon, where they're in the car and the seat, the front seat goes back onto the laps of Potsy and his gal in the back. And then you get the standard shot of Ralph trying to kiss the gal. They both fall out and Potsy is in hysterics while Richie um, doesn't look like he knows how to react to it. And that's so, so that's that. So uh, I'm going to uh, play you a little music and then we are going to dive into Who's Sorry Now? <laughs> Who's sorry now? No punctuation at the end of it, so it's not who's sorry now or who's sorry now. It's just who's sorry now. I don't even know if that's right, but that that sounds about right. So in this one, Richie and the Fonz pull up uh, to Arnold's in, in Richie's new car, which you remember from last time, the red convertible. And they learn that, oh boy, Arlene Nestrock is back in town. Oh my gosh, Arlene Nestrock, she's been gone for three years in New York City. Her That's where her dad worked. And now her dad has been transferred back to Milwaukee. She's going to Jefferson again. And it's Arlene Nestrock. Some of you might not know who Arlene Nestrock is. She is played by Tannis G. Montgomery. And she appeared in Love in the Television Set, the sort of pilot for Happy Days in Love American style. She's the one who isn't interested in Richie and then goes out with Richie because he has a television set and then the night doesn't go that great and then when he tries to sort of kiss her and try to go out with her again she she blows in his ear at one point when they're dancing uh, when she tries to go out with her again uh, she, she reveals that she has a boyfriend and Richie kind of leaves sad strolling down the street and his dad gives him a, a talking to and um you know that's that's love uh, love in the television set is what that is uh, but she's back in town and for some reason, even though they only had one bad date that ended with she has a boyfriend, she was just using me to get the television set, Richie and Potsy think this is the awesomeness. You got to go in there and you got to talk to her. And the Fonz is like, whatever. And Richie goes in, talks to her briefly, and they go out. And 
she seems very different from the Arlene in uh, from the Love American style. Uh, but yeah, they go out and they, they I guess they have a good time. And somehow, much to Richie's confusion, he's going steady with her. He doesn't particularly want to go steady with her. He tells all the guys that he keeps um, wanting to break up with her. And he keeps saying, no, I don't want to go steady. But she says, oh, sure you do. And then when he's a little more forceful, or as forceful as Richie gets, she says that she might do something harmful to herself or hurt herself in some way. And so he's kind of stuck with her. And then she wants... Her to meet his parents. Her, him to meet her parents. Him, her to meet his parents. Uh, him to, yeah, she wants to come and meet my mom and dad, is what is what Arlene says. And Richie's just getting in deeper and deeper, and he just doesn't want to go steady. Um, probably because he's going out with Linda Pearl. No, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But so, yeah, the episode is sort of classic sitcom, like, uh, I'm accidentally going steady with someone, or I'm going out with someone that I don't really want to be going out with, but I can't break it off with them for whatever reason. And it specifically brings back um, uh, a gal from the uh, the uh, pilot, as it were. Uh, let me start off with uh, Ar- they've they've really kind of souped up Arnold's now. It's not like in a space in between two obvious giant sound stages. It looks like they've actually tried to place it in a location that kind of looks like it might be on a street in a neighborhood, which is cool. And we do get to see the wall behind the booth, although we do get a lot of shots, you know, up in the air or on the other side of the booth where we can sort of see the edges of the seats and things. So it's Mr. Jerry Paris assuring us that there is a fourth wall and then completely goofing everything with the way he's moving the camera. But I won't go crazy on that one because there are other crazy things happening in this episode. I will start off by saying I really like this episode. I think it's a really good episode. I like the chats that Richie has with his parents. Uh, one of them, uh, as he's preparing for the, the, the date with her, and he's in the bathroom and he almost drinks some shampoo, and, and Joni says some cute stuff and makes fun of him. We see the Cunningham's toilet. I think, was it was um, was it all in the family that had the first toilet? I forget. I, I know that, although we never see the toilet, in, I don't think we ever see the toilet in Green Acres. One of the fir- one of the jokes in the second episode of Green Acres is as they're standing in the bathroom, you know, the, it's it's one of those toilets that has you know like the the uh, the like the, the the tank is way up in the air and you pull a chain and there's a pipe that goes down the toilet, and the toilet and the pipe are gone, and they just walk up and they're standing there where the toilet was, and Lisa says, "What is this?" And Oliver pulls the chain and all the water and from the tank empties out of the ground, and he says, "It's the shower." Uh, and of course, you know he's that's the toilet. Uh, but but you get to see the Cunningham's toilet. It's in a little nook. Um, it's kind of in a strange place because it's kind of in a little nook, like you might expect to have like a door there, sort of like someone else could be in the bathroom, uh, and uh, you could you know just close the door and use the use the toilet. But it's not. It's just sort of you have your own nook. With, maybe that was a '50s thing. Maybe that was a the '50s toilet nook. It was it was charmingly space age or something. I don't know, but it's a it's a fun nook. Uh, so there's that, and that scene is great with his parents. And then the closing scene um, is great with them after. Um, you know, spoiler: it does end with Arlene. No, she doesn't get hurt. She ends up going out with the usher from the theater. Um, but and then they have a great scene where it's sort of the learning a lesson and getting talked to by your parents scene but they're actually a little more intent in the foreground playing Scrabble than they are sort of teaching Richie the lesson which I really like there's some nice stuff there yeah Joni doesn't get much to do Chuck isn't in this and 
um, what else do I like about this episode? Well, let, let's let's jump here and say that what I don't like is uh, that they use about five minutes of the Love American Style segment, and of course they can't use anything. They can't use any of the scenes with the family because it was uh, only Marion Ross was in the in there, and and so it's only scenes with Potsy or Arlene. And um, it was funny as I was watching them, I remembered how over emphatic that Love America style thing was in in pushing the fifties and the fifties, and how the show's kind of calmed down a bit. It's kind of asserted that yes, we are in the fifties, and no, we don't have to sort of yell at it people all the time, but. Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny, like, like the, there's a the really long scene where they're in the hallway and he keeps trying to kiss her, and the mom, the mom, the same mom is used. I, I forget the uh, actress's name. I could probably find it relatively quickly. Um, I believe it is Virginia Gregg is the, the mom. She she appears in Love America Style and in this. And, um, yeah, and, and there's some, uh, there's some funny bits in there, but it is a, it is a, and the tricky thing with that scene where um, uh, he, he kisses her and then he wants to see her again and she says, I have a boyfriend and you realize what she, that she used him is that kind of a bad scene to show because when you see her sitting in the in the booth, you're like, oh gosh, okay, yep. You know, that, she's that kind of person. But she isn't that kind of person anymore. And we'll talk about that in a moment too. But there's there's a lot going on in this episode with the craziest thing probably being, to me, She's been in New York City for three years. Oh, that was three years ago. Wait, what? Three years? Now, I remember we couldn't figure out when exactly the episode was set in Love America Style episode was set. It seemed to be like mid-50s, but also that thing about getting the first TV, that to me put it a little earlier in the 50s. I I was thinking, I I don't quite remember now because I haven't gone back and listened, Um I feel like it was kind of no later than 55. Um, But then if that was 55, then we're in 58. Now, if it was three years later, uh, Arlene looks looks older. In fact, I had to look up to make sure it was the same actress, but it is the same actress. Arlene definitely looks like she could be two to three years older. Uh, Richie, however, maybe... Well, he is a couple years older, but there's just... I don't know. I, I can't get my, my brain around it. I mean, to me, in the show, we're around 1957. And I guess it could have been 1954 when this happened. But that begs the question of high school. Because he's clearly... Richie's clearly in high school. And, and, and Arlene says, I'm back at Jefferson. So she's back at Jefferson High School. There's no mention. This isn't their senior year of high school. This isn't their se- yeah. This isn't their senior year of high school because they'll graduate in a few seasons. So to me, this was in the vicinity of their junior year, and this is specifically a year where they have a Halloween episode and a Christmas episode. So um, the fact that I don't know when this it's in autumn or something like that. yeah it's in autumn because the Halloween episode is in a few episodes. But let's say this is in autumn. Uh, maybe autumn of 57 who knows or maybe autumn of 58 Uh, you know like I said I could see it being set in 54 love American style thing but there's it just it just seems off to me because it's like so wait a minute so if I so Richie was in ninth grade no Richie was very very, Richie was in high school Richie was in high school right here he's 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 out late at night taking a gal home you don't do that when you're 13 or 14 I don't care if you're in Milwaukee or wherever to me, Richie. To me, Richie was like fifth. Oh, maybe that's the area where the shower is. 
where the toilet is. I'm seeing the, the toilet now. Maybe it's not a nook. Maybe that's locker room type shower so the whole family can shower together and, and just discuss their day. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, because, I mean, if it was three years ago, then then he, he uh, he's not a senior, but he was in high school. So how would that work? He was a freshman? No way. No way. He's He's not a freshman, is he? I don't think so. Sophomore, maybe. Sophomore, maybe. That's as far back as I will go. But I, I don't. I see him as a junior now. I can't put him. Uh, uh, I can't put him as a senior yet because they'd be discussing senior stuff. You know, when he two episodes ago when he went to live with Chuck, there would have been talking. Well, you'll be here soon and and stuff like that. And um and yeah, I just I I guess he could be a senior. I don't buy it. I think he's a junior. But I don't think he was in ninth grade during the Love America style thing. I think he was at least a sophomore or a junior. So that's very confusing to me. I mean, they both clearly look older. But uh, three years, maybe not, but maybe. So that that's something that really throws me here. And, and p- part of the confusion comes from why even use... Arlene from I mean uh, from from Love America style. Why not just use a different gal that that Richie um, goes out with and and has this problem with? I I really don't understand why they they used her and why they made her character so different. I, I mean it's all it's almost like my thought was almost like this. And maybe Michael Leeson was writing a script where Richie suddenly is going steady with the gal and doesn't want to be and can't get out of it. And maybe like a network executive came to uh, Gary Marshall and said, you know what, my daughter was watching the show with her friends and they want to know if the Richie Cunningham on Love American Style is the same Richie Cunningham in Happy Days because he has different, you know, different people, you know, in the in the family and stuff like that. And Gary Marshall said, yeah, of course it is. That's That was like the pilot. You know what, my, uh, my daughter and her friends don't, don't buy it. You got you got to find a way to convince them, and so they sat down. He we went to Michael. He said, "What you writing, Michael? Oh, that one about the gal who Richie goes steady with and he doesn't want to make that gal Arlene from Love in the Happy Days or Love in the Television Set, and uh, go with that because we need to prove to people that that is part of the canon of the whole thing of the of Happy Days, the canon of Happy Days." And I know what you're saying. Wait a minute. Does that mean out of the blue is part of the canon of Happy Day and Blansky's beauties? Yes and yes. But so so that's um, so that's in my mind. That's what happened, and that's why it feels so weird. That's why the Arlene in Love American style, who was kind of a tough gal, kind of a tough hip gal, who knew what she wanted. She had a boyfriend. She wasn't interested in in sort of someone like Richie until the TV set and then you know she did that just to get what she wanted and then it was over this this one is like let's go steady oh well I don't really I'll I'll hurt myself okay we're going steady and then she you know when when it finally happens in the end and he's able to break up with her she just goes kind of nutty and and stuff And, and the character is so different I actually got worried because they make a big point at the beginning of she went away to New York City for three years. Oh, boy. What did she learn there? And she mentions to Richie that she likes Richie because unlike all the guys she went out with in New York City, he doesn't want just one thing, basically. And the way she acts being so different and so sort of opposite to the way she was. Now, granted, she did have a boyfriend. But the opposite of the way... I'm... One, like I said, I don't quite know why they they even they even made it her. But two, I worry 
about what happened to her in New York City that made her like this. Um, I don't know what happened, but it's just when I see her here, it doesn't, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't feel like the same character at all to me. And so different, and yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know, something about the character kind of worries me. Christmas is in the vicinity. So we are, I would say we are in the autumn. No one's really in coats or anything. They're in t-shirts and short sleeves. Uh, so I would say we're probably in, I mean, uh, we're in school because she does make a point of saying I'm back at Jefferson. So I don't know, September, it ain't October because I would think it would be too cold, but maybe not. But there is a scene where the Fonz is on his motorcycle and he's talking about how he's getting ready to pose for his um, annual Christmas photo and he's going to say and it's going to say like Merry Motorcycle under his name which Richie doesn't get and I didn't get either but it's the Fonz so I don't have to get it and I wouldn't get one of those cards anyways so I like that you know this sort of rebel character has um it sends out Christmas cards like custom Christmas cards with his picture on it to all the gals and uh so that's fun and then there's a great bit where um in order to dissuade uh, Arlene, uh, Richie goes dresses Richie Fonzarelli to have dinner with uh, with Arlene's parents, and he acts like the Fonz, and it's pretty amusing. Uh, 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 Ron Howard does a pretty entertaining um, uh, Richie impersonation. Of course, Arlene just loves it because now her parents uh, don't want her going out with Richie, so that just makes it um, trickier. Uh, let's see what else do we have um, yeah there's there's a lot of stuff um, at one point he mentions that Arlene is making him wear his or her shirts and all I can think of is there was a gal I went out with in college um, during my junior year she was a sophomore and um, I remember it was Thanksgiving week we had a, we had a whole week off and I was supposed to head out on the Thursday evening a week before Thanksgiving because I was going to do I did work I was working all during Thanksgiving week but I told her I'd stay Thursday night and through Friday and I'd go home first thing Saturday morning I would leave first thing Saturday morning I wouldn't work Friday I'd start Saturday and I remember like on Friday night the campus was you could stay on campus for the time um uh, if you had a dorm room obviously and I remember like we went to see a movie Friday afternoon I don't remember what was playing it could have been Serial Mom it could have been Son of Pink Panther I'm trying to think of films we went to see together and it wasn't Schindler's List um, and um, I remember going back to her dorm room and we were getting like a pizza we were going to watch something or other and she said I got a surprise and she unveiled his and hers pajamas and I thought okay so we put the his and hers pajamas on and I guess we looked adorable until there was a knock at my door and I didn't realize that um, one of the guys who I was in film class with had been looking for me because uh, he had to drop off a tape that had some uh, footage we had shot for, for a short film and, um, and she just went to the door and it was like oh it's I forget I, oh it's John 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 who and he opened the door and he's like hey Dan I got the tape of the hey what you guys doing Oh, we're gonna we got, we ordered a pizza and we're gonna we're gonna watch something. Hey, that's great! And I could see him looking back and forth at the two of us. That's great. You um have a great time. I'm gonna put the tape on the floor. Back out the door. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm out of here. And he would you know he was gone. And and so his and her shirts. I I get I get it, Richie. I get it. Um and 
there's a there's a great scene in the ladies' room where Richie um, uh, goes into the ladies' room because he thinks Arlene might be harming herself. And the, the great thing is, like, Richie's surprised when he walks into the ladies' room because there's a lovely lounge with, like, a, a mirror and a table, and she's sitting there applying makeup. And there's no, you know, you go through the lounge, I guess, to the toilety area. Uh, and it was funny because I, I, you know, when you go in a men's room, you know, it's like you step right in. You know, that there it is. You know, the uh, place I worked a few years ago, like you, you would, if, if you threw open the door to the men's room too far, people walking by when they looked in, they could see the urinals. You could see people at the urinals. Whereas the ladies' room, there's always a big room, like an entrance room, or at least, I don't know, maybe not in all of them. I've never been in them. One of the joys at the end is when Potsy and, and Ralph say, what was the ladies' room like? Yeah, you know, like, Fonz, have you ever been in the ladies' room? Of course I have. What's the ladies' room like? And they look at each other and go, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. But I, I remember it was in, we were, I was in Sears. I was maybe nine or ten. And my mom and my sister went in the ladies' room. And I, uh, I'm going to go in the little boys' room. It could have been the Sibley's, which is a department store in Rochester, uh, New York, where I grew up. And I remember um, them opening the door walking by looking in and there was a large room there was a couch there were some chairs there was a table there were magazines there were lamps there were there were women sitting smoking this was the late 70s and then the door closed i opened the door to the men's room there's a little little tiled walkway as i stepped in a guy almost ran into me it smelled and you went around the corner and everything was right there and i was like huh how did that happen how did how come there's no Loungy, I mean, maybe it's a um, like you got to use the executive washroom, like in that one Simpsons uh, episode, uh, the one where Homer has hair. You know, maybe it's 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 a gorgeous like you got to it's a, it's a um, the the ladies get like executive washroom type privileges in every every bathroom or restroom in 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 places I don't know, but that was astounding to me when I saw it. I was like, what in the hell? So yeah, that was that's a real fun scene, and they run by a poster that says "Coming Attractions uh, Strategic Air Command," which is a Jimmy Stewart, Jane Allison film, June Allison film, sorry, from 1955, which would put if it is 1955, that would put the Love America style 1952, which would probably make more sense for the actual plotting, but doesn't make sense for anything we've seen in Happy Days itself up to this point. I say it can't, it can't be 1955. They're listening to Elvis. They talk about Elvis. You know, in the next episode, they're going to... Yeah, we. It, uh, it can't be 1955, unless it's a revival house they went to or something like that. I know, or maybe it is 1955. And then that, of course, and that begs the question, the first episode of the season, he's going out with Linda Pearl. The second episode of the season, they're on their first date. The third episode of the season, she's nowhere to be seen. And he's going out with, and he's going out with Arlene for quite some time, too, apparently. So you have to ask yourself, what's happening here? And I, my first thought was, we're going back in time. The We're going back in time. This is the l- earliest episode. And then it goes three, two, one in, in moving more towards the present. I, I like that idea. I like that idea very much. And I, th- I think it can work. Except for one bit that ruins it all. And that is that the Fonz and Richie, as I mentioned, are in Richie's car, which he got in the previous episode. And we don't see, if the episodes are going sort of in ascending time order, as it were, we don't see in the first episode. 
of the season. So, yeah. Um, the car kind of screws it all up. Mm, unless him and Linda Pearl aren't really going out, they're just sort of vaguely seeing one another. But you know what? Um, and and maybe because he accidentally got... Uh, it went steady with Arlene that, that he's worried. He, he can't go out with Linda Pearl. But I don't know. I'm thinking of Linda Pearl chomping on her gum and then taking it out of her mouth for smooches is just um, it's too much. I, I don't... Um, I Richie is being a bit of a cad here um, if he is going out with her. Now, and I was going to say... And again, I was... You know... It could be, I don't unfortunately have the sort of production order of the episodes. It could have been Richie's car might have been the first episode. Who Sorry Now might have been the second. And Richie Moves Out might have been the third. So maybe like you see him on the first date with, with, with Linda Pearl and Richie's car. Then he goes out with another gal for a bit. And then he's going out with Linda Pearl again or something, something like that. I, I don't know. But, it, but that's not the way it was broadcast. We have to look at it the way it was broadcast. So Who's Sorry Now? Weird episode. Uh, again, why... It, it's funny, like, out of all the stuff in that episode, uh, you would think sort of the kind of eh, scenes between the two of them would be the one, things you want to accentuate least. Um, but that's that's what they kind of accentuate the most. And, yeah, yeah, Richie gets some good stuff in. He's leaning against the doorbell and he falls through the doorway and stuff like that. But Arlene isn't isn't very nice in, in that episode. She's kind of not very coherent in this one. Wait a minute. The uh, the menu just came up. The menu has a question mark. Who's sorry now? But when you go online and look it up, it's just, who's sorry now? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, who's sorry now? It doesn't have a question mark there. Okay, well, I guess the jury's out on whether it's uh, who's sorry now or who's sorry now. Huh. I always thought it was just who's sorry now. But, but then, of course, the menu for the Happy Days second season DVD set doesn't have Chuck in the first two discs and it probably should so an ep- this is an episode that I think is a really good episode there's a lot of funny stuff in it the, the, like I said the bits with, with um, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. C are, are very funny and the bit where um, Richie says you remember dad after she told me she had a boyfriend I came home and, and you gave me a talk about growing up and, and Mr. C says which version was that or, or some words to that effect which is lovely and, uh, it's, it's, it's great the they've really picked up from the first two episodes like there was sort of in the first season it was Potsy and Richie occasionally Ralph would come by and occasionally the Fonz would come by but in this episode it's all four of them hanging out together now the Fonz feels a bit like he's just kind of like passing some time on a lunch break or something but he's hanging out with all four of them you know and Richie's kind of the um, kind of the I, I don't know, Patsy's getting dumber. Ralph's get, becoming more of the funny guy. The Fonz is almost sort of like mentor and, and clearly good friend to Richie and kind of making fun of the other two. And Richie's kind of the, um, well, gosh, you know, all the plot lines seem to revolve around me kind of thing. Although in the actual life um, of this world, if, if they had more episodes and spin-off things and this, that, and the other, all the characters would have been having stuff going on. We're just focusing on Richie because he's the lead character right now. So, yeah, a fun episode oddly structured um I, I will say that once you get past the initial the scenes with arlene and you get past that and they start dating it goes pretty quick it, it goes pretty quick and in, in fact all these sort of he keeps trying to break up with her and she keeps saying oh i might do something desperate that's actually told to us we don't see that 
it goes pretty quick, which I like. So I, I would give a definite thumbs up to Who's Sorry Now? Who's Sorry Now? Who's Sorry Now? And music-wise, you get nothing, and it could be the DVD. To, I mean, you get to do up, do up. Do up, do up, bow. It's either in this episode or the next one that you get something that sounds a little bit like uh, "Come and Go with Me," um, uh, but not quite, but almost. So that's who's sorry now. Arlene entered our lives and she's gone again, kind of just as soon. Uh, she will be missed, or that she will be missed. She will be missed. I think she will be missed is probably more appropriate here. Now let's go on to the next episode. You go to my head. Crazy, I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy, crazy for feeling so blue. I knew you'd love me. As long as you wanted And then someday You'd leave me for somebody new Good and Plenty's have been around since 1893. I didn't know that either. We all learn on the Happy Days podcast. Rockin' all week with you. And I again, I am so glad that they're actually singing that in the song now. So, uh, who's sorry? No, that was the last one. You go to my head, you go to my head. This is... If the last one was very sitcom-y, this is super sitcom-y. And super sitcom-y. This one is Richie wants to meet a gal a gal named Carol Lipton, smart gal, and he doesn't quite know how to approach her. He and Potsy and Ralph have just gone to a James Dean double feature, East of Eden and A Rebel Without a Cause. And are those films put together shorter than Giant? I'd have to look. Uh, but, and the Fawn says to Richie, you just went to see a James Dean double feature or, or two James Dean films and you don't know how to pick up uh, women? You know how you do it? By acting crazy. And the Fonz proceeds to act crazy and he picks up a cute redhead. So uh, Richie goes to a bus stop and acts crazy and doesn't pick up Carol Lipton. In fact, she gives him a book on abnormal psychology. Richie reads the book, is convinced he's crazy, goes to see a psychiatrist who is played by the mortician from the super fun horror anthology House of the Dead from the late 70s. Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray looks gorgeous. And he wants to talk to Richie's parents and Richie's becoming more and more worried and his parents are worried that one of their kids went to see a psychiatrist and things are, um, things are devolving in Richie's life. No, I'm kidding. It's it it ends exactly as you think. It it turns out that he's just going through adolescence and he thinks uh that um they're playing a pinball game called Nip It in the um in the Oh, there's an alligator or something. Okay, in the in the in the in Arnold's there's a pinball game called Nip It. 
So this is kind of uh, standard sitcom stuff here with, you know, the character who thinks, you know, reads or is told something by someone and suddenly goes paranoid or becomes a hypochondriac or, or thinks they're going crazy, as Richie is. And in the end, spoiler, the psychiatrist basically says you're going through adolescence. And and uh, Richie's okay at the end. He doesn't go out with Carol Lipton. In fact, Carol's only in, like, the first act, more or less. Once she gives him the book, it doesn't stops becoming about him trying to you know, go out with her. Where is Linda Pearl? And it becomes uh, about him uh, thinking he's nuts and um, slightly confusing the people around him. Like he, he, something would do with claustrophobia and hiding in a closet. And um, I mean, he, he could, uh, the one thing that might make him, that that might make him think he's going nuts is it really seems like Jefferson High School and the movie theater and every place else they really seem like they're on studio back lots. There are some very um, I, I I I've said it before I, I said it on uh, uh, Eventually Super Train my Eventually Super Train podcast you can always tell when there is a studio back lot because if you go if you look down a street. The street is always going to end with either a curve and houses or buildings along it, or it's going to end, you know, and then and then tee off, you know, become a tee, um, and you know there'll be houses there. You can't in no way, shape, or form if you're on a studio backlot does it stretch off into the distance. You might get a couple blocks, but there's always going to be a spot where it turns and bends away. That's how you can tell it's a studio backlot, and um, yeah, and so. Uh, it's 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 an interesting episode because um, uh, Mr. C wears a fun apron when he's barbecuing, uh, and they have a barbecue out back. Chuck isn't in it. Um, uh, I would say I'm the host. is <laughs> is a very entertaining apron, and uh, and uh, Chuck uh, Chuck like won a basketball game, and the crowd picked him up and carried him away, and no one can find him. So that's why he's not there. And that there's the it's it's tricky. It's one of those things like Richie's character will do this as he goes along. He'll have these episodes where suddenly he wants to do something and, and whether or not it's good or bad or whatever. He'll just be like this, but just for the episode. And that's very sitcom-like. This also has the moment where like, well, no, you know, like, I, I actually don't think anyone's being sort of a, a jerk here. But when they learn about Chuck winning the basketball game, they're like, Richie, isn't that awesome? Chuck won the game and everything. And Richie's like, yeah, Chuck's winning the game and I'm over here f- uh, flipping burgers. Or something like that, and, and and you know he obviously he's he's overreacting. He um he bombed out with uh, Carol, and he was given an abnormal psychology book, which is about to mess him up. He hasn't read it at this point in the story. That just happens to be a scene I have playing here, right now. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, and it's, it's funny because for, for a moment I thought when I saw Mister C, hey Richie, did you hear that about Chuck? And he's like. <sighs> Chuck, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, they're making Mr. C into kind of a jerk just for this episode. And then I thought, no, not really. As as far as we know, we don't know much about Chuck. So as far as we know, this could be what, ha- you know, it could always be like, hey, your brother won another game. Hooray. It's just at this moment, Richie isn't feeling it. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's great because, of course, Ralph and Potsy don't seem to be experiencing this or feeling this at all. They, they're talking about going to see Martin Lewis. Um, a festival and there's a lot of stuff like that going on around here. They saw James Dean double feature and now they're going to a Martin Lewis festival. I didn't think there were so many like revival things that happened like in the mid fifties ish or so. I mean, because this has to be, 
mean, this has to be because they're saying it's it's a James Dean double feature. Um, uh, uh, Rebel Without a Cause came out in late 55. By that time, James Dean was already dead, and Giant came out in 56, and then he won, I believe he won the Academy Award, right, for it? Um, I think, or was nominated, or he won it, but it's, you know, it was, it was posthumous fun. But but to me, the thing with that James Dean thing is that if they're going to show a double feature, I doubt they're doing showing a double feature right as it got released. To me, they're doing a double feature because he passed. And the way the font says you went to see two James Dean films today, to me, the when you're saying that, you're implying that there are other James Dean films. Because you'd be saying, you went to see James Dean's films today. And if if they've yeah if if they've seen Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean has passed. And if they're referring to two of his films, that implies there's a third. That would be Giant. And I mean, I would say that. Give me a second. Oh, of course, you, of course, Yul Brenner won that year for uh, The King and I. But uh, James Dean and Rock Hudson were nominated, and the movie came out in late '56, and it was be the next Academy Awards. So I mean, to me. The, I mean, I, I know um, James Dean was beloved at that time, but uh, I, I don't know how, how quickly they would have done like a double feature of his films. And the thing is, like, Giant came out in September or so of, of 56? October. Of, November of 56. And to me, saying you just went to see two James films, like I said, implies that there's an- another or more James Dean films, but they wouldn't have seen Giant until November or December of 56 and in the last episode we affirmed that Christmas was coming and in a few episodes we're going to have Christmas so this isn't 56 this is 57 boom ha yeah so then when was the last episode set with coming soon strategic air command I should just it uh, yeah um, I should really just relax is what it is but part of the fun is is watching these little bits and bobs because as the show goes along there will be times when they very I mean one of the Christmas episodes the one with Fonz's dad season six I think um, specifically ends with it gives you a year it says Merry Christmas and then whatever the year it's set in so that gives you a specific year so at this point early on they're being vague about it but if the last episode seemed to be set in 55 this episode seems to be set in 57 so that's all I'm going to say about the dating again nothing music wise is really very helpful in this episode it's the doo-wop 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 bow and a bit of down 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 or words to that effect and um, I just thought of Joe versus the volcano and now I want to watch Joe versus the volcano what else happens in this episode um yeah the Fonz has has two great scenes with Richie in this the one where he shows off how being crazy will attract gals and it's great because the Fonz is always so particular about his hair but he like runs his hands through his hair and his hair's all over the place and then he's got his arm around this cute redhead and he's leaving he turns to Richie and said hey Cunningham you're welcome or or words to that effect and uh but his hair's all up and crazy and he's walking out with his cute gal and um He's the Fonz, although we've never seen him do that. We, we've never seen him act crazy. With it. He just does that, and they come and run him. So, actually, I, having said that, at this point, we haven't really seen him sort of pick up, as it were, any gals. 
he's always with gals um, when they're they're there. He doesn't. Um, yeah, huh? Well, the Fonz. We're all developing. Everyone's developing still. Um, Patsy may be devolving, um, but we're all developing. And yeah, and the, and the, the the scene with psychiatrists. I mean, apart from the fact that, like I said, I spent the whole time thinking I want to watch House of the Dead again. Is uh, and I think I think he was also he's the, the actor's been in a lot of stuff. The actor's name is Ivor Francis. He was in everything. He was in Dusty's Trail, which became what is it the stupidest thing in the West, the wackiest wagon train in the West or something like that. He was in everything. You'd know him when you saw him. Wow, yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. Apparently, according to IMDb, he 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 was acting on the radio. He was on Fibber McGee and Molly. Wow. So yeah, this guy this guy gets around and yeah, like I said, you'll the moment you see him, you'll go, Oh, the that guy, yeah. And he's fun. He's got a fun look to him. And it's it's a it's a pretty standard psychiatric thing where the moment they enter the office they become Richie becomes terrified. He's like, oh, I'm asking for a friend and uh, please sit down. And Richie goes to sit down on the couch. He's like, oh, I'm not going to sit down on the couch because I'm not a patient. I'm just asking for a friend. And uh, the scene's pretty trite, um, uh, but but Ivor um, handles it well. Um, and you know Ron Howard does what he can with. Like I said, a pretty trite scene. Um, but the the moment like Richie tells his parents this, and like their response is very funny, and and Joni's like confusion over what's going on because they keep you know go to your room. They keep sending her to a room. I mean that that was the that was the joke. I mean um, that she you know she spent most of the first three or four years of the season just getting sent to her room because she wasn't part of the main plot. But there are there are some I do really like. There is a moment when. Um, uh, and it's just it's just a weird moment where um, I just had it playing on the TV right here where um, uh, oh my gosh Misty Rowe sorry um, uh, where um, in the uh, Mrs. C sitting on the bed in the foreground Mr. C pushes Joni out the door in the background and then Mrs. C is sitting in the foreground kind of worried Mr. C kind of like in kind of a softer focus and a, a less light is leaned up against the wall kind of give, looking at her with a bit of worry so it's kind of nice and you know it's a sitcom and we're gonna you know most things are gonna go out the door for laughs this isn't really we'll have a couple poignant moments but this isn't really uh, happy days will have sort of lesson time happy days will have episodes where we all sit down and we learn a lesson because that's the way sitcoms kind of devolved um you know, in, in in the '60s, you got the occasional lesson in like My Three Sons and stuff like that. But most shows, my favorite Martian, Green Acres, you know, Adams Family, you know, they weren't teaching you lessons. And if the Munsters taught you a lesson, they were monsters. So, so what are you looking at there? You know, the Beverly Hillbillies never taught a lesson in its life. And Petticoat Junction had some lessons in it, but that was very specific for the the remit of that show, uh, Purple Hunting. Except when Jay Summers was writing it, I do like that this episode seems like it's going to be like a deep one for Richie where it's like oh my gosh he's dealing with adolescence and da 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 but then what happens is first Misty Rose shows up and asks him if they want any food and, and that would it's it's weird because um I mean she's gorgeous I mean she's absolutely gorgeous she's gorgeous here I I, I think I I forgot I think I told you I saw her on in Meatballs 2 on the big screen a few months ago she's absolutely gorgeous and yet no one really sort of looks at her like Oh, oh! There go my shorts, you know. And they they just kind of look at her as more like a ditzy gal. Um, and I guess 
to, to each their own. Um, but, oh my gosh, I can see, wait one minute, wait one moment. The Big A, which is presumably the um, Arnold's special burger there, is 50 cents. The Hot Diggity Dog is 20 cents. The Bopper is 30. The Big Bopper is 45. Um, I'm trying to get uh, the Daddy O is 25. Cheeseburger is 25. The Deluxe is 45. The Je- it looks like a, there's a Jefferson High Burger. I'm looking at the Arnold's menu. Uh, is 55. And then I think that's his. The deluxe BLT, maybe that's a deluxe BLT. Deluxe BLT, forty-five cents. Yeah, so, yeah, that's some of the menu uh, there on the Arnold's menu. I'm sorry, I went off on that tangent there, folks. But that was it. it was funny as I was watching it. I, I'm it's just because I was seeing Mr. C looking at Mrs. C and thinking of all those rotten, really special. I mean, I applaud you, Facts of Life's fan, fa- Facts of Life's fan. And I was a Different Strokes fan when I was a kid, but I hated that so many episodes went into that area of, it's a very special episode. Just have fun. Why not have fun? <sighs> I hope you're having fun. I, I didn't... Mm, I guess that's that's for another day. Let, let's stand by. Maybe we can do um, why sitcoms were fun for a few decades and then, and then just just stank up the joint throughout the 80s i mean that was yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stop there not not that there weren't funny sitcoms in the 80s i mean cheers was obviously funny mash was 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 funny um uh uh you know and and obviously i think happy days was funny i still think laverne's show is funny i love sledgehammer um monsters today i'm kidding of course small wonder i'm kidding of course mr belvedere am i kidding yeah i'm kidding I never watched Cosby Show much, and I only saw Family Ties very briefly, and I, I didn't find them particularly funny. But back to you gotta love me. No, you gotta hold my hand. No, you gotta you go to my head. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fun episode. I mean, it's pretty standard, and it does exactly what you'd expect it to do. And some of it, like I said, like the psychiatrist scene is kind of eh. But the scenes with his parents are fun, and the scene with the Fonz are fun, and that opening scene with James Dean, uh, where they're coming out of the theater after seeing James Dean double feature, is fun. Yeah, yeah, this is sort of really kind of the first of these sort of Richie episodes because you know obviously as we've had a few with Richie doing various things, but this is this is one hundred percent Richie being assisted by the Fonz and of course the psychiatrist too. But Richie will do this more often as we go along. He'll have something happen that will sort of take him out of the world he's in for a brief period of time and then and kind of put him back. And re- remember, too, this is the point in the show where it's still very much the Richie show. Once uh, we begin the third season and we go multi-camera in front of a live audience, it will go more ensemble and everyone will get spotlights. We'll, we'll get some of that in this season, but most of it will still be the Richie show. And like this is a fun episode of the first four it's possibly the least of them, uh, but it's still very good. I think they do a nice job taking a kind of standard sitcom trope and, and wringing the, their changes out of it and, and getting some laughs and having some fun and uh, ending the episode as they do. I mean, the, ep- the episode ends with uh, Richie being really worried and the Fon says, you know what I do when I'm feeling really off or strange? I kiss, I kiss a random girl. Now I know that may be very um, that may you know have gotten him 
you know, uh, possibly arrested uh, at another time. But the, the episode ends with him, Richie, just basically walking in front of the menu of Arnold's. One gal passes, he can't do it. The second gal passes and he kisses her. She looks at him funny. He kisses her again. She walks away and suddenly Richie's cured. And just, just kissing a random gal um, cured him. And I guess that's great. I have never done that. I wish I had maybe maybe if i was in, when i was in high school in the late 80s i could have done that and gotten away with it so yeah you go to my head and you know pretty, like i said pretty standard pretty standard sitcom episode but this one has some laughs and some charms and it moves pretty quickly um from one spot to another cuz you don't know it's going to go that route for the first act it isn't until like 9 or 10 minutes in that it kind of goes that route so i'm not saying it's simpsons style plotting uh or green acres style plotting but it's it's fun and i deliberately chose a show after happy days and a show before happy days there but i think it's fun and um sometimes some of these episodes richie will be annoying this one he's okay he's he's um he's a sitcom character you know, uh, he seemed like he might be more than that in the previous season, but he's kind of becoming a sitcom character. And that's okay, because he's in a sitcom. So that that is the end of these two episodes. Again, I think one I really love, but I'm confused by. And one I quite like a lot. I don't love, but I like I like scenes from it quite a bit. Next episode, we are going to do... Oh, this is interesting. We're going to do the episode ROTC, uh, directed by Jerry Paris and written by Mickey Rose. He, Mickey Rose, who co-wrote... Well, he, he wrote some of uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, but his main, he co-wrote Take the Money and Run and Bananas. And he wrote and directed... Apparently, there have been folks who have said otherwise, Student Bodies from 1981 I have the student body soundtrack on vinyl to my left student bodies yeah I love student bodies Uh, student bodies is uh, a slasher parody from 1981 I think the first of them maybe that was National Post Class Reunion but student bodies I think is the best of them I've owned it on VHS DVD and Blu-ray twice boom and then the next one is the first uh, from October 29th, 1974, the first of the holiday episodes, Haunted, written by Bruce Shelley and Dave Ketchum and directed by Gary Marshall. So I know Linda Pearl's in that one. So um, that is cool. Uh, Gloria, her name is Gloria. Gloria. Um, why wasn't she in this? I miss uh, Gloria so very much. So that's the end of episode... Not 10. Episode, season 2, Episode 2, Episode 10. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, feel free to leave uh, um, feedback, um, a little rating, a SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher on the Eventually Super Train channel, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, feel free, um, Danny Slacks, D-A-N-N-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S at Yahoo.com. Send me an email. Uh, E-Supertrain1. Uh, and Twitter and eventually Super Train on Facebook are all fun places to send me things. Not like send me things, like I'm, you know, if you have a if you have a copy of 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 the Fonzie for President album, I'd love to I'd love to get that. I haven't heard that in ages. Yeah, next time we join the ROTC, and it's Halloween, baby. Listen to this. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock. Around the clock tonight, put your scratch bags up. Join me 
Today's season two, episode two slash episode ten addendum. Rewatching the end of You Go to My Head, the Cunningham's Mr. and Mrs. C say to Richie, the psychiatrist tells us you're just a regular, ordinary 17-year-old. So the previous episode says that he met Arlene three years ago, that he met her when he was that date was when he was 14. If this is 57, that was 54 which would make some sense but that would make Richie a freshman in high school and I I don't mean to be rude but Arlene was not a freshman in high school unless well she was not she was definitely not 14 Arlene in that episode was was a pro I would say I don't even know I don't even know but 14 I you know I, I guess she could have I guess they could have all been 14 they, they don't they didn't seem like they were maybe they were I don't know so I guess so let's how about we'll do this this is 1957 Richie's 17 the love American style he was 14 and it was 1954 okay we'll do that there's our setting for the dates I guess that works I'm a little I'm a little iffy on how late he seems to go out because doesn't he come home from no no he doesn't okay no he comes home and his dad has the talk i was gonna say doesn't he come home and his dad's like watching the end of the the uh television day which would be like midnight or or after that but no but but he's out there strolling down the streets in the dark at 14 and um that just seems a little off to me but we're gonna we're gonna go with that we're gonna roll with that so so uh this is 1957 uh, I guess fall of 1957, Love American Style, which is when the Cunningham story began, is fall or so of 1954. Richie was 14 then. Eh. Um, Patsy dead, didn't look 14 at all. Um, but then Joni, well, I forget how old Joni looked in there, but Chuck was already in college. Oh, now, wait a minute, though. If he was a freshman and now he's like a junior... But Chuck was studying philosophy, and the okay, we're gonna stick with that right now. Boom, we're in autumn of '57, approaching Halloween. Love American style was '54. I'm out of here. Sorry to go on so long about that, folks. I'd forgotten that they said that. It's a good thing I went back and looked. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.